dig. What's up? Welcome to the Things We Dig podcast, where we talk about pop culture and bullshit. On today's episode, it's like, say what? Say what one more time, motherfucker. I dare you. I feel like we've all known someone, too, that had the Pulp Fiction movie poster in their room, right? Dominic DeCoco. I think Django definitely has one of my favorite action sequences for uh, Tarantino's movies, just that big shootout. And then once I saw Kill Bill later in life, and I was like, damn, this movie's amazing. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Things We Dig. As always, I'm Chris Fig. What's up? It's Alex. How's it going? It's Dave. Hey, welcome back. This is Steve. As always, it's the other and better Chris. Ooh. All right, fellas. Well, good to see your guys' faces. On today's episode, we're going to do a little bit of a deep dig on the one and only Quentin Tarantino. For those of you who might not know who he is, he is an American film director, writer, known for uh, brutal violence in his movies, dark humor, quippy dialogue, and a whole lot of feet. So we're going to dive into him a bit. I want to ask you guys, how did you guys discover Tarantino? What was your first experience with one of his films? The first thing that comes to my mind is definitely Kill Bill. And I know he's got some good ones before that, but uh, Uma Thurman, Kill Bill with a motherfucking Hansa Tori sword. Um, dope, 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 dope. Yeah, I saw Reservoir Dogs when I was younger. One of my friends showed it to me and I thought it was a really dope movie. But at the time, I didn't care about like who directed a movie at all. You know, I cared about actors, but I just never really was like, oh, who directed this? And then once I saw Kill Bill later in life, and I was like, damn, this movie's amazing. Who directed this? And I saw that he did Reservoir Dogs, and I was like, damn, that's sick. And then I discovered Pulp Fiction through that, which is another amazing film. Yeah, I definitely didn't know Quentin Tarantino made that movie at the time. But I think then you realize and you get a whole new appreciation. Yeah, man, I definitely always had heard about Reservoir Dogs just from like word of mouth when we were kids. I feel like it was a movie that people used to always talk about. But I didn't see it until I was a little older. And then the same with Pulp Fiction. I didn't see it like back in the 90s. I probably saw it when I was like in high school or something. But Kill Bill, that's probably what led me to watch uh, Pulp Fiction. And then later on, Reservoir Dogs as well. But definitely Kill Bill, just the violence in that and all the blood, the story, everything about it was super sick, dude. I would say I knew about Pulp Fiction and it was definitely on in the house and, you know, HBO. I remember, you know, my family would be playing it, watching it. But, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really kind of understand it. Or maybe it was a movie, you know, my parents maybe didn't want me to watch. But definitely, as you guys saying, Kill Bill was the one that like stood out. And then I think Inglorious Bastards is what made me just love him as a film director. And then Rewatching his previous movies before that and just really being like, holy shit, just his style and stuff. And, you know, just the way he writes his dialogue, just sometimes it's very subtle, you know, little hints that you kind of catch on later on in the movie. Sometimes it's just right there in his face and you're just like, damn, this is so damn good. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's a motherfucking beast. I think like you were saying, Fig, I, I almost need to go back and rewatch some of those movies because he, he puts a lot of detail into them that you almost don't even recognize until you kind of watch it again or you hear somebody talk about it. And then you realize, oh, yeah, like just the scenes, the way he he, he has these drawn out scenes 
that somebody might complain about and say it's too long. But then on the other hand, you know, there's so much character building involved and he's always got, he's always got A-list actors in all his movies. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would say he's probably one of the directors and, you know, you never want to be, you know, douchey sounding, being like, oh, I'm a Tarantino, you know, big time fan. But he is. I mean, he's just that good. And a lot of people talk about him. So do you guys think like his films like helped pave, you know, the industry for other directors to kind of be more more outside the box and, you know, not follow the the norm with, you know, being, I guess, cookie cutter or making their films? Dude, I sure hope so. But yeah, I mean, how long has he been around? I mean, Pulp Fiction before 90, Reservoir 94. Dogs was 92, 92. Oh, Reservoir Dog was first. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's definitely like showed people like, hey, don't as a director, oh. don't give a fuck about what other people think for the most part. You can tell he's kind of like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And he's been successful with that with that recipe his whole career, pretty much. Right. And not even like the movies that people are making after him, but just like who's making these movies, right? Like he didn't go to film school. He's just a just a cinema buff, just like some of the rest of us, you know? Yeah, dude. Um, I know I was just telling you guys about that interview, but in it, he was even saying that when he was like shopping around uh, Reservoir Dogs, he was going to these all these different film uh, like agencies and stuff, and they all wanted him to make changes. They want to. They didn't want him to have full creative control, and he was like, "Nope, not worth it. I can just go do it over here." And then eventually, like he just funded it himself, and he's like, "I can do this," you know. And it's kind of crazy too because he Tom Segura also had Kevin Smith on like a couple weeks back, and he said pretty much the same thing. Like he went and saw some film, and I forget now what it was in theaters, and he was like, "It made him believe like I could if this is acceptable as a movie." He's like, "I could make a movie," and that's how. He went and made his own movie, man. So pretty wild stuff. But yeah, he's definitely the way he tells stories in all of these films, man. And especially Fig, how you brought up Inglorious Bastards. That's definitely one where what, it came out in like 09 or something. So we're at like the perfect age for it, too. And it's just such a good movie. It's so many scenes in that film that just have you on the edge of your seat, even when you've seen it multiple times and you know what's coming. You know, it's like that's pretty like amazing that he you're able to watch these films over and over again knowing the stories but they're still so captivating and they still like evoke those emotions that just as much as the first watch mike you uh touched on earlier i think fig the dialogue too in all these movies the writing is so well done like some of these conversations will go on for so long and they're captivating you're like on the edge of your seat and nothing's happening other than these people talking due to like the tension they're building or whatever and he's one of the best at doing that, I feel like. Yeah, talk about the like being like the ultimate movie buff. I mean, I he was on, I want to say he was on a few podcasts like in a in a row, Joe Rogan, Dak Shepard, and I even think maybe even Smartless. Um, and I listened to all of them, and he just talked about working at a video store, a video rental store. And he wrote a movie and it's slipping my mind right now, and he got money for it. You know, he had a friend who was in the business. He was like, dude, you should try to talk about Reservoir Dogs, like make your movie. And he was just like, nah, he was like, you know, I, I don't want to be part of uh, this production. And yeah, as you guys were saying earlier, like him, wa- them wanting to make changes. He's like, I'm just going to take the money and kind of just have fun with it. And his friend's like, give me two months. I can double, triple that money and we can get you a full length featured film made and you'll have total control of it. Like, don't worry about it. And I could just imagine if he just 
didn't do that or he didn't have that friend in his corner. Could you imagine like the world, the movie world without Tarantino films? I mean, I don't know. He's just really prolific director that Dude. he stands out so much it would have just opened the door for more marvel films baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that he that stuff like we hear stories like that i mean how i wouldn't say random or luck but yeah being in the right place or at the right time or having somebody help you i mean it takes a tribe and having that support because if not i mean who knows maybe it wouldn't happen right i like that I like that he's willing to take a swing as well. Like not all of his movies are amazing, but even his lesser ones are still like good movies. And if they didn't succeed, it's usually because he was trying something, you know, that maybe hadn't been tried before. And I always think that's cool. He's never just like going to settle into one niche thing and be like, oh, this is what I do. Oh, over for and over sure. Again. Yeah. Cross genre. Right. I, I don't know how you'd say that, but he hasn't yeah, really done a sci-fi, has he? I don't no. think so. I, I, he it's, just needs to. It's cool because... Uh, he is so talented, obviously, but, um, uh, something that's always cool is the continuity, like, or just how he has like the brands in all of his films, you know, like, what is it? The red apple, uh, cigarettes. And then there's something else too, that I'm overlooking, I'm sure, but that's always just cool to see how detail oriented he is. And, uh, yeah, dude, his films are just sick. Have you guys seen all of his films? I, I have. There's a few of these on here that I've never seen. For his featured ones, yeah, I want to say I've seen them all. The what was it? Death Proof? Is that the, I know he did a that with Robert Rodriguez. Death Proof was was his version, right? Yeah, that yeah. one in uh, Grindhouse. Grindhouse, yeah. I saw that once in theater, but it was just not that it wasn't good. Uh, I think I liked it, but I just never revisit it. It's just not one I revisit often. That and Jackie Brown, both I, I like them. They're just Ooh, I don't know. I love I, Jackie Brown. I don't know. I just feel like there's other ones that maybe a little bit more enticing for me. Have you guys seen Four Rooms? Four Rooms. No, I haven't seen that. Is that a, one, one of his featured films? Yeah, it came out in 95, uh, a year after Pulp Fiction and two years before Jackie Brown. He directed it? Uh, it's on here. Oh, nice. Yeah, I haven't heard of that. I, I, I'm sad to admit that I haven't <laughs> seen Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, Four I Rooms, that's... I think he just uh, he's just a writer. Because he actually wrote a lot of other movies too, and just sells the screenplays like True Romance. Uh, yeah, you've Alex, never seen you watch Reservoir Dogs, dude. Oh yeah, you uh, need to get on that right now. Leave the podcast right now and go watch See that. See you later, movie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what would you guys say is like one of your favorite, like I guess, key like like things that stand out about Tarantino films? As I mentioned, you know, Chris, you mentioned dialogue, dark humor, fucking brutal kill scenes. You know, there's a whole list of things that people associate with Tarantino. What are your guys' some of your faves? Definitely. Um, besides all, I mean, you hit most of them right there, but also like really, I don't know how to say it, like well thought out and built unique characters, like not people that fit any type of like archetype that you'd see in a lot of other movies that check the boxes, like people who seem one way and act another and but it all is very well done and well written and you can depend on that in every one of his movies definitely i think the tension building i mean i could think inglorious bastards is one um fucking the nazi hunter or the jew hunter what was his name what's his uh, the actor's name christoph waltz yeah man yeah. amazing actor but just that just those build up those scenes that's when i truly noticed it his 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 work in inglorious bastards with just those drawn out scenes and the tension is just building so much and usually it'll end like 
bloody or crazy. But then going to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he would have these these scenes, these drawn out scenes. And the tension, man, would just make me nervous, dude. Just fucking bite my nail. Like, what's going to happen? And then it kind of just fizzles or goes the way that you don't think is going to happen. And you're like, kind of pissed. Like, dude. But it's like his way of saying, like, fuck you. You don't know what I'm going to do. You don't know what's going to happen next. So I like that. And even like Pulp Fiction, same deal. Uh, Django, like pretty much the same you know a lot of those scenes and they're always very visual and he always does a good job with like the realistic like i mean kill bill obviously is a little over the top but i mean that his like violence scenes man are always so wild that it's just like it's cool because it's visually just insane and especially even um uh inglorious bastards dude when he's just lighting hitler up it's just oh, like yeah, ah! yeah definitely an over top violence Mm -hmm. but i was also gonna say i looked it up four rooms is a 1995 american anthology black comedy film co-written and co-directed by allison anders alexander rockwell robert rodriguez and quentin tarantino loosely based on the adult short fiction uh fiction writings of raw doll sounds really fucking interesting dude yeah damn yeah i never knew that like a collaboration I'd also oh. say someone talked about like his character build up, but like he makes a lot of like good fucking villains too. Like villains you hate, you know, Alex, you're just talking about Christoph Waltz or even someone, you know, as likable as Leonardo DiCaprio and Django and Chan. You're like, damn, dude, like I never saw Leo being a fucking villain, but he was great as a villain. And there's multiple villains in that movie, but just his you know, ability to take such a likable, lovable actor that people like. I mean, we all know Leo has range, but to make him like a villain and like somebody really, truly detest, like you're like, I want to see this guy die. Like and even, <laughs> you know, Hans in uh in Glorious Bastards, dude, when he gets his uh swastika on his head, you're just like, ah, like it's so brutal because it's like those close up scenes. But it's also just very gratifying because he was such a piece of shit <laughs> in that movie. So, yeah, just the, the ability to create villains for his movies, too, as well. Oh, yeah, man. Fucking yeah. And just how Alex was saying, even you just mentioning that scene, man, it just makes me think of the throwing up the wrong three. And that's what gave it away. Mm-hmm. And just how intense his character was at sniffing out and being cool and being super polite and chill. And then like the definition of what you think a not like super hardcore Nazi was, you know, so definitely just, yeah, knocked it out of the park. And he's such an amazing actor in that role. It's insane. And then also the role he played in Django Unchained, man, like just amazing. I would say another trait of Tarantino's that I really do enjoy, you know, I revisited a few movies for, you know, this pod just get a refresher, but all of the characters' costume designs, you know, I mean, whoever he's working with in costume designs, I'm sure he has a say in it too, but just very unique, like of what they're wearing. You know, Kill Bill, you know, she's wearing that yellow jumpsuit at one point. And then, you know, you would say in Pulp Fiction, like the, the black suit. So just like really out there kind of costumes, you know, that these individuals are wearing and really make it stand out too as well for them being a certain type of emotion to evoke, you know, and really fit the scene of what's going on in the movie. And just like, like I was saying, like just captivates you to like want to keep looking at it and just like the colors he uses and like the over the top visuals that 
you know, sometimes can be a little bit cheesy, but we've just kind of grown to know like, oh, this is just Tarantino style. So it like, it works for it. Well, another thing that's really cool about like Tarantino is because he's such like an avid, just film buff and a cinephile, he, a lot of his movies are all highly influenced by scenes from other movies. You know, he's one of the guys that you would bring up that he doesn't steal, but, you know, he kind of copies or he he steals in the right, you know, in the right meaning of it. And then, uh, yeah, even like you were saying fake Kill Bill, like that, uh, that's kind of inspired by like Game of Death with Bruce Lee and all these colors are inspired by his old French New Wave films and just the film history behind these. It's almost like uh, paying homage to like his predecessors and people that he loved and stuff, right? I mean, pretty cool. And especially because he is just really good at what he does too. And you can tell like that is, uh, listening to him, listen to him talk about it in other interviews, just from being a young kid and watching films like what back in the seventies, I think he was saying and stuff and just saying how that era was so critical for him and how he wanted to make movies and influential on him. And so it's cool to see that. And it's almost funny because he kind of like says that the movie industry goes in cycles. And right now it's like kind of in a shit cycle. And he's like, it'll swap out. And he was saying he didn't realize at the time, but he was comparing the 90s to the 70s. He was like, you didn't realize it when we were in it. He's like, but the 90s was like the new 70s. And I was like, that's pretty interesting. You know, I mean, we were young kids in the 90s. So I was just going to say I recently watched once upon a time in hollywood I'd, I'd watched it one time before like a year prior so it wasn't fresh on my mind and it's a long movie but the violence man i just got to bring it up again he is good at like almost being comical with the violence you know like every violent scene in that film made me laugh so hard when he's fighting bruce lee and he just slams his little ass against the car dude and it looks like it hurts him so bad and he has to just like play it off and then even in the end when he's tripping because he smoked the laced cigarette in the hippies come in and start attacking and he's just like can't believe what's going on and the dog is just like going to town on him dude and then Leonardo pull, uh, blow, uh, pulls out his blowtorch and ends up just like frying the fuck out of the girl. And the whole time it's so crazy and violent, but you can't help but just be like laughing your ass off about it too. Yeah. Like you said, Dave, just it being comical, like I was saying, the over the top where if someone else was trying to do it, it, not saying that he's the only person who ever does it or was the first person to do it, but just the consistency of him doing it all the way from his first room, as we mentioned, Reservoir Dogs, and how the scene opens up with, I, I forget the, the uh, is it Mr. Orange? I think he's like in the back of the car. And he's like, I'm dying, man. And it's just like brutalness, you know? Then as the movies went on, they started to become a little bit more comical. I think with uh, Death Proof and Grindhouse sort of taking those over the top, even with the movie like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood being more of a serious take on a film, just those scenes, it it makes you laugh. Like, this is like ridiculous, but it also works really well too. Yeah, I agree. He finds the nice symbiosis of, of sorts. So AB, you had mentioned um, him never doing a sci-fi. Um, you know, it's been long rumored that he's only going to do 10 featured films and his last film is going to be his final film. What would you guys want to see? Like, what, Like, he's done so much. A lot of things sort of... Similar westerns, kind of, uh, you know, revenge stories, samurai um, type of films. What would you guys want to see for his final film? 
sci-fi maybe no i'm spot i i think his last one being once upon a time in hollywood i hope he goes a different direction than that obviously it was a good movie but it, it was a little a little dragged out for me Ooh. but uh i i'm i'm a kill bill lover so <laughs> I, it's like i don't i don't want another kill bill but i mean if he could if he could find that i don't know just bring back everybody you know samuel jackson and, and the crew well what i was thinking uh revisiting kill bill is when he when she kills i think her name's vernetta green vivica a fox's character and her mm. daughter her daughter walks in dude and she's like when you grow up if you want to come, you know, meet me or like find me, you know, I'll, I'll be ready or something of that sort. So I'm like, it'd be kind of interesting if, I mean, cause that was, Kilbo was what, in like 2003 around that mm. area. So right. they just bring, they just bring on her actual real life daughter uh, to play like her daughter from the series. From the movie. You know? She's yeah. Old enough, yeah. I mean, 18 years or so have gone by. That'd be kind of interesting. I mean, not that I would want that. I would want something completely different, but it would be pretty yeah. interesting. I don't think I don't know if he would do that either. Like but a revenge dude, movie. I think for me personally, um, I just want him to do whatever his like he's passionate about. So I don't even know. I don't even know if I could imagine what that is. And I already know he will do that. But it'd be like interesting if he did just put something out where everybody was just like, man, we're not feeling this one or something, you know, which I highly doubt that would happen. But it would be cool as fuck to see him do a sci-fi film, dude. See his take on something. Just like go way outside of the box with it somehow. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to do him see... To do him see... <laughs> to see him do sci-fi, that'd be cool. I just don't know... I mean, I'm sure he could make it work. I don't see his style fitting up with sci-fi as well. I just... I can't picture it, but I, you know, I obviously don't have his vision. I think it'd be cool to see him do a period piece. I'm not sure what period piece, but something he hasn't done yet you know because when he did like world war ii era stuff or like uh any anything set not in the modern area kill bill i guess was the modern area and that was amazing but i just love his attention to detail really sets well with something set like in a different era you can really feel like you're there at the time and uh, i want to see him do more of that shit like Django and pirates back in the wild west yeah pirates would be fucking dope (laughs) yeah pirates would be pretty sci-fi either I can't see him doing sci-fi, but there was like a long rumor that he was interested in doing like an, a Star Trek movie. Uh, oh, so I guess right. he does have an interest in sci-fi, but I just can't picture his style working for that either. So something original, of which of course it will be, and just uh, driven by dialogue, I guess. Or like set in the future, maybe not like sci-fi where it has to be like space or anything, but maybe a s- future timeline. I don't know. When- you say Star Trek, I could maybe see something like that, like something that's a little bit more like purposefully campy other than like future like sci-fi, you know, tech heavy where the dialogue yeah, could lead it more than than the actual sci-fi element of it, maybe. But I'd still like to see something set in the past. I think it'd be kind of cool if he did like a like a bootlegging movie, you know, set in like the 30s of like people doing bootlegging. I think that'd, that'd be, be cool. really cool, you know, in his style. I mean, I'd be curious of who he would bring back, you know, for his final movie, you know, bring back. I mean, as we mentioned, he has a star set of cast, even from the beginning. You know, I was always curious about, you know, how he gained the attention in the, in his early movies of getting such prolific actors to be, you know, in his film. So I'm curious if he would just bring like everyone back for like, 
I don't know, maybe he would do like a couple shorts where like if it was on one certain topic, but it was sort of just paralleling stories that overlapped so he can bring back, of course, like Samuel L. Jackson, maybe even John Travolta, Tim Roth, Leo, yeah. Brad Pitt. Throw a little uh, shimmy in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe the pressure's the pressure's going to be crazy, but he's got to be working on it because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out in 2019, I believe. And so it's, it's, I, I didn't go back and look what the year apart was from the movies he's made, but really hoping that we'll start to get a hint. I mean, after, you know, maybe he's doing all these tours with this book and talking about this book. And after that's done now, it's like, all right, what are you working on now, bro? What's going on? All right. So let's, let's pick our cast right now. So for his final movie, if you got to bring one actor to the table, who, who's he going to be? Someone he's worked with before, or just anyone? Yeah, whoever you, want. you, whoever you want. I would love to see Daniel Day Lewis be in a Quentin Tarantino film. <laughs> oh shit, that'd be cool. I mean, Samuel Jackson, it's got to come back, right? Yeah, like, you gotta have him. He's, he's got to be in his his final movie. Dave, you're thinking over there. You want Timothy Chalamet in one in his last movie? <laughs> he's not ready for the big league, son. Come on. <laughs> no um no i was just i don't know man i was just trying to think um, um woody harrelson Ooh, that'd be cool. good. Yeah, that's good. good um making his triumphant return to the big screen rick moranis Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay definitely just, cr- definitely what i was gonna say uh Definitely Christoph Waltz needs to come back, too, for his final yeah. film, man. Dude, that dude's just oh, yeah. way too... I mean, all these actors uh, are great. Uh, 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 uh. You already chose Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as I said. Oh, did I take your pick, man? No, mine was Leonardo DiCaprio, of course. LDC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love to oh, see yeah, Leo man. back, the too, cap. as well. I mean, it'd be cool to have Jamie Foxx come back, too, man. I mean, he's such a good fucking actor would as well. Would it be... Only one. Would it be too much <laughs> for him to say, fuck it, I'm going to bring everybody back? Or would it be, like, kind of like, uh, like, uh, vomiting too many stars out? Or or he's like, fuck it, we're doing it. Uma Thurman, yeah. fucking you think everybody. Br- think Bruce Willis could swing it? uh non-speaking role maybe i don't know they could always do the uh like face shit does bruce willis <laughs> not talk does bruce well, willis not ta- supposedly has that, that that speech i forget yeah, what's like that a is, but... degenerative disease on the yeah, brain where shit. it affects your like motor yeah. functions and speech mm-hmm. and stuff like oh, that shit. so why he was like cranking out a bunch of a bunch of movies too i think just trying to stack up last minute money but it was like a bunch of cop films i was wondering at the time like I was like, why is Bruce Willis like in some right? This is a pretty shitty looking cop movie came out with him. Yeah, didn't know that. But all right, fellas, um, great talking Tarantino. Let's uh, dive a little bit into some of our favorite movies of his. So, Mister for Christopher, man, what would you say is one of your favorite or your favorite Tarantino movies? For the longest time, it was Reservoir Dogs, but now I think I would definitely say it's Django Unchained. I just think it's fucking. Awesome movie, extremely well acted and well done. And I saw it in theaters on Christmas Day with my mom and my brother. And we surprisingly all three fucking thought it was amazing. So I always link it back to a good memory, too. Yeah, just that opening scene, we're talking about Christoph Waltz again. And he's a totally different character in this movie. A lot more lovable and likable. And you just see that big ass tooth on his wagon, just in the darkness coming out. And, you know, you see all the slaves, you know, 
lined up. And of course, you know, Tarantino always opens a movie up with a bang and just the way he talks, like he's so intelligent and he speaks so like just well, and he makes these slave traders seem stupid and they're like, they're, they look confused. Right. And then just, he's like, well, if you don't want to give him it, you know, we can figure other ways out and fucking bam, 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 fucking shoots them in you know, taking Jamie Foxx from there and just making them just that transformation Jamie Foxx makes, you know, Django, man, is so cool. And like we said before, bringing Jamie Foxx back, I think would be a good idea too as well. I think Django definitely has one of my favorite action sequences for uh, Tarantino's movies, just that big shootout, that shootout in the house at the end, the manor. Uh, it was just awesome. See those, that blood like yeah, flying in every direction. Dude, not to mention that... uh that scene where Leonardo actually genuinely cut himself, dude. And after when you find that out and you watch it, it's just like crazy to see that intensity. You're like, oh yeah, because he actually sliced the fuck out of his hand. And, and then, then he rubs smears. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, exactly. What the fuck are you doing? And we also talked about um outfits in his movies earlier. Django's style is fucking off the charts in this movie, dude. dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. When he comes riding up on the horse, dude. <laughs> yeah. When he gets to pick out his own clothes, finally. And he's like, "Is are you sure that's what you want to wear? And he's like, hell fucking yeah, this is what I want to wear. <laughs> Another thing that's interesting about that movie, and I guess Tarantino movies, but even though it's like a period piece, like the, the music he uses, like Tupac. You know I me mean? He uses these modern modern uh actual songs mm-hmm. and like rick ross and all that so it's kind of uh kind of interesting that uh, that doesn't take us out of the movie yeah it has very modern vibes and and i mean it was going to bring up that obviously you know they were dropping the n-bomb left mm-hmm. and right not hard r though and well i, I was saw like okay I, that's you know i saw not, an interview not, I saw an interview with uh, Samuel L. Jackson where he was saying how Leonardo DiCaprio was super uncomfortable with having to say the N-word, you know? And he said he went up to him and he's like, listen, motherfucker. He's like, we all know you're not racist. He's like, we're professionals. He's like, look at my fucking character. He's like, are you kidding me? He's like, look at the shit that I have to do. He's like, just fucking buck up. We're all actors. And he said from that point on, he came in and he was just in character from that moment on just treated him like how his... uh, slave owner would you know so it was just a pretty interesting story though (laughs) yeah like i mentioned before i think this is one of my favorite roles for leonardo man like it just he killed it man so good another uh item i like about this movie is the humor in it and like i mentioned i think earlier on it's very subtle stuff sometimes it's like you know in your face like obviously a joke or like little i i remember there was a scene where uh christoph waltz's character is you know gonna you know he's a bounty hunter and he's like are you sure that's that man are you sure it's him he's like has like a sniper on him and he's like looking he's like yep that's him bow you're just like he's like oh fuck like <laughs> like you killed him he's like well yeah that's part of my job like such a nice man who's just like doing these brutal things to these horrible people. So it's, you know, again, kind of gratifying because everyone in this movie, besides I would say like three characters are just completely piece of shit human beings. Oh, yeah. So I, I feel like he always gives people a lot of the time a ch- like a chance to, you know, and then he does it. And it's it is so funny because it does take everybody off guard every time. And he's like. Nope, I had a warrant out for their arrest, dead or or alive. Like, 
Dude, I know we were talking about it a little bit earlier, man, but I did just recently watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so it's fresh on my mind, but I have to bring up Inglorious Bastards again, man, because that was one where the trailer looked cool and you're like, oh, sweet Tarantino, his take on World War II and, you know, you you knew you were going to be in for a wild ride. And then once you saw the cast too on it, you're like, all right, this is going to be awesome. But just right off the bat, man, the intensity of that scene where he's just interrogating that dude in his house and the family's hiding down below and the uh, tone is set from that point on of that film. And then you're introduced to the actual Americans that are over there that are the a lot of them that are Jewish and uh, they're just like a wild bunch of guys that are just like obsessed with killing and scalping Nazis, dude. And so that side storyline, let alone is badass. And when they introduce, I forget his name, but the bear Jew and he just comes out with the fucking Batman. That's like one of the most terrifying scenes because you know what's coming. You know that he's just prolonging it in any second this dude's brains are about to be bashed in by a baseball bat and we're all going to witness it. <laughs> yeah. What I liked about Inglorious Bastards was just, you know, as you mentioned the cast and how, you know, their stories overlap, but they were doing their own thing, you know, M Michael Fassbender's, you know, character and how they're in the basement and that whole scene, you know, again, tension. And it was a, I think that's my favorite whole whole favorite scene of the whole movie is that scene and how they get caught up right away you know the soldier's like your accent sounds funny where are you from and how he has to like stay in character and could you imagine being on like enemy lines and having to pretend that you're you know part of the nazi regime and being like no like I am from here and had a whole backstory and the the captain or officer you know, that eventually sits with them, you know, he snuffed it out right away. And you're just like, damn, like he Tarantino just picked great actors to play Nazis because, again, you fucking hate them. You're like, damn. And just that whole shootout scene is intense and just good, man. Really good. Dude, I forgot Brad Pitt was in it, too. Like, yeah. none of us, none of us brought up Brad Pitt as somebody that would come back. And yet here, here was being the, the pretty much the most badass dude in that movie. Aldo the Apache, right? Yeah. Dude, he, um, the, and one of the best scenes too, obviously. And I know we've spoke about this uh, in the past on the pod, but um, when they go to the film premiere and they're pretending to be Italian, dude, <laughs> they're all just butchering it so bad. He's like, they can only say their names. <laughs> say it one more time. <clears throat> Gorlami. Gorlami. <laughs> Dominic De Coco. <laughs> and that's going back to the vibe of there were super serious moments the scene where they're in the basement with the shootout and then there's the scenes with that where it was almost just so comical like obviously these motherfuckers are not italian and they're doing a horrible job playing it off but they make it through somehow and it, it, it was intense so many funny cameos too in this movie or just actors who became you know, really well known. Just uh, Mike Myers was in it, and I kept thinking, I'm like, it's so random. Mike Myers was in it for like that's 40, right, dude, forty five seconds, if that. You know, and probably just I don't know, probably new you, Tarantino. Yeah, and wanted to, wanted I was going to say, do you think movie? like Tarantino reached out to him, or do you think they're buddies? And he Maybe, was like, yeah, yeah, it's a combo. It. I'm sure I'll, Mike I'll Myers likes it, dude. Yeah, dude, Mike Myers is the man. Yeah, I'd say Inglorious Bastards. I mean, I, I mentioned, you know, that being my favorite of Tarantino's, my one of my favorite films of all time. But also, 
I mean, we didn't really touch too much on the cinematography and, you know, just the type of shots that Tarantino gets. And I would say Inglorious Bastards is probably one of the just most beautiful shot movies ever. I, I mean, it, they're supposed to be in, you know, in France and then, you know, parts of Germany and England, I believe too, as well. So just that opening scene, you know, that farm, Alex, you're mentioning, but just the open shot of it, you're like, fuck, this looks so nice and peaceful. It feels like something from a Disney movie, but just the terror that was rolling down the hill changed your uh, point of view very quickly. Maybe you should do a Disney movie next. I don't know. Maybe. twist. He just comes out directing the next like Marvel. <laughs> oh shit! He just Big uh, Marvel movie <laughs> for the right dough. I bet he would. Quentin Tarantino starring Nick Cage, Fantastic Four. <laughs> what about you, Steve? What's your uh, favorite? One of your favorite Tarantino movies? Uh, definitely one of my favorite is a movie that just grows on you. The more you watch it, the more you realize it's pretty much a masterpiece. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Everything about this movie is just amazing from, uh, of course, the acting, the set pieces, uh, the music that he curates for this. I mean, he listened to like hours and hours of old radio from the 60s and uh, he put this together and just amazing in every every way. Dude, I will say uh, for what Chris brought up earlier too, just his attention to detail and how you're saying, Steve, it does make you feel like you're like there living in that time period. And it's so dope to see and how great the actors are. Leo and Brad Pitt are so amazing in their roles, dude, in this film. And like I said, I just I watched it recently. And I know a lot of people um, say it's like, can be dragged out but i never i honestly never feel that way about it just because like for all those reasons you were saying visually and for the time period and then just hollywood itself too is a super interesting time period in hollywood and just leonardo being this uh famous western actor who is a television actor who's you know starting to fizzle out and come on the back end of his career here and he doesn't really know what he's going to do and then his relationship with his stuntman it's it's so dope and he's like his like best friend and chauffeur <laughs> so he can't get any more duis just a great story man and how they tie in such a terrible thing that happened in history with the uh man family and uh Sharon Tate and uh, Roman Polanski and they live right next door it's just cool how he intertwines reality with that side story and those characters that felt really real you know right and at the same time making like an alternate history uh with that story but it's just a movie that for anyone who likes movies that old Hollywood filmmaking all that uh sort of deal yeah, definitely a love letter to old Hollywood, Hollywood in the 60s. And what I loved about that movie, too, it's not really a nonlinear, you know, timeline, but just the, the random cutscenes. You know, Leo, you know, who's talking to um, it was his co-star. He was on the the TV show, Timothy Offala, I believe his name is. I forget his name in the movie, but he's like, oh, I thought you were up for that one role. And it was like the super famous role. I think it's um, as a Steve McQueen. That he plays, but like him auditioning for that role and how they like Tarantino put him in that film. And you're just like, he like imagined himself being in that or just like the cut to his like commercials that are very comical and just like kind of, you know, what an aging actor would probably take on it. We see it these days, you know, you see a, a you know, someone who was a big actor, you know, they're doing these like car insurance commercials now so it's like I'm kind of just taking on anything to keep me in the spotlight and also money in my bank. Yeah, it's just I, I really enjoy that film a lot. And I don't know. I, I think you I were you here earlier, Steve? I, I don't know if we were talking about it off the camera now or not, but just the violence in this film, dude, is so fucking 
good but also funny at the same time like that end fight scene is so intense and how brad pitt's character is just tripping out because he smoked that laced cigarette and they come in and he's like the dude he's like yeah the guy came in saying he was the devil and all the antichrist and all this and that but that dog just like biting him right in the dick and shit dude and you're just like fuck a lot of brutal uh brutal fatalities in that fight scene dude yeah what's the thing he does with his dogs that like or something um what i wanted to bring up you know in this movie too as well but tarantino makes certain food items or drink items look so good and you know talk about inglorious bastards when he's eating the strudel or drinking the milk yeah always looks so good or in django Unchained, when he first gets to the bar and it's just him and christoph waltz in it and he's like making the beer and he's using like the little wooden tap to like clean the foam off or mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. or the royale with cheese yeah but in this uh once upon a time in hollywood um when they're at uh that restaurant which i've been to before it's you know, an actual restaurant here in, in LA, been around since the twenties, but Leonardo DiCaprio's character drinks uh whiskey sours, man. And I was like, what is a whiskey? I've never had a whiskey sour. It's not a drink I normally would order, you know? So going to that place, I was like, I got to get a whiskey sour. And for a while I was on a whiskey sour kick, man. Pretty good. Is it like the, like, like a margarita? Like they use like the sour mix with whiskey? <laughs> Yeah, it's like bitters and yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Not, I guess, kind of like a margarita. Yeah, yeah. I mean, stuff like that. Was it a Mexican joint? No, it's like an old. It's like a steakhouse. Oh, know? okay, okay. Yeah, I was thinking like, something else. Yeah, been around forever. Yeah, dude, yeah. I love it. I love in that scene too, where they're flying back from Italy, and now he's married, or that's his fiance, and he's like. They knew we once they were landing that they were going to get drunk or whatever, you know, uh, that night. And they just go out and they get wasted. And then he's like, you want to come back for margarita uh, margaritas? And it's already like one in the morning or something, dude. And they're just going to continue to rage. <laughs> yeah. Another really funny scene is where he's fucking up his lines and he's in his trailer. And he's like looking at himself. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like talking to himself. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'll end this right now. If you can't get it right. <laughs> really good the scene where he's uh chilling with the little girl too and she's just super professional and so serious and she's so tiny and it's just like crazy to see that too man and he's just like emotionally breaking down to her (laughs) all right keep the ball rolling a b man what's your favorite tarantino movie kill bill i know you've been talking about it all (laughs) night yeah i mean that's the one that 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 sticks out to me and i mean one or two well I was going to say both of them, of course. It's Tarantino's only movies where he's done two and one and two. And it's one of those things where I always feel like it's the Mandela effect where even I and maybe you guys have where I always felt like there were three movies for some reason. But for some reason, I just thought that the two movies were three but in reality, it's just two movies. And it's it's just so much is going on in both those movies that I always was confused and thinking, oh, there's a third one. It's like, no, it was just two. And I think he probably would have preferred it to just be one, which would have been fucking way too long. But I'm really glad. I mean, <laughs> it was like you? a video game, dude, you know, from the get go, like bosses and dude, and I was, a revenge level. So you know, I literally was just thinking that. What's your favorite scene? I uh, mean, it's too hard to tell, but definitely. I mean, I thought that one, uh, uh, Asian girl in in the little skirt and stuff, and she was just like a beast, dude. And that was the first one. And that whole battle scene 
where they're just fighting in that room. I don't know where it was in Japan or something. And my yes. goodness, dude. Her versus the crazy 88s. I think yeah, that's probably dude. my favorite scene of oh, all of the yeah. kids. Arguably. Yeah. And the, mu- the music too. So just a great scene, dude. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think a funny kind of subtle joke is like, he's like 88. Are there 88 of them? He's like, no, there's not really 80 of them. They just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> Cause you're watching, you're like, that's definitely not 88 people. Dude, but yeah. Um, one scene that I always liked was when she's fighting the, uh, the girl with the eye patch in the trailer and she just rips her eye out, dude. And then oh, and she's just losing her on shit, it, dude. Just so cold. Yeah. And then she walks away. It's the best dude. What I like about that that fight scene is in the beginning, you know, he has like the quick cuts. She opens the door and you just see feet. Of course, Tarantino always has feet. Just uh, I was going to say Lucy Liu, um, Uma Thurman's feet just like comically like flying in the air and like hits you. You're like, who really is like jumping side like that? <laughs> yeah, but... yeah. It definitely it had like a video game vibe to me. And I mean, just talk about a revenge story. And just classic. I mean, if you think Uma Thurman, more than likely you're going to list that is probably one of her most badass movies that she was in. And I don't know, were they a thing once upon a time, Uma and Quentin? Or was that, I'm just making shit up here, but maybe I thought, possibly. I thought they dated or something. But anyways, I, I thought it was dope. I'd love to go back and watch it. Her just going in revenge killing everybody and and you kind of learn what happens and that brutal wedding massacre that pretty much goes down and and uh her what when she gets buried alive and and i mean it's just just, it was just overall dope kill bill man like you said both of them just amazing man i had to revisit it i didn't watch it in a while and still holds up really well yeah i feel like for tarantino pod we definitely have to Talk about Pulp Fiction. Dude, obviously, the only thing in Pulp Fiction is the Ving Rames getting fucking raped. And then, huh. like, uh, Bruce Willis being the one to, like, make it right. And he's just like, you're good. And he just, like, lets, he's like, leave. And you're just like, oh, shit, dude. That whole scene in itself was really rough to watch, obviously. And that's another movie that does have all those different characters and arcs and stories going on. And so much of it is so chaotic. I mean, the scene where she overdoses thinking it's Coke and they're able to revive her back, dude, with the adrenaline shot. I mean, that movie is great, man. Samuel L. Jackson, that might have been one of the first films that I saw where he was just being Samuel L. Jackson with his dialogue and cussing a lot and stuff and being so young. I think that might've been one of the first things that I like recognized or knew him from dude. And, you know, we kind of mentioned this a little bit, but obviously, you know, he's not the first or the only person to do it, but you know, the non-linear timelines in his stories. And I remember when I first watched Pulp Fiction and I was just like, what the fuck's going on? I'm so confused because John Travolta's, you know, doing one thing in one scene and doing another. I'm like, did I miss something? I was like, did something happen? But just how they sort of, you know, you go from A to to C to E to D back to B, and then we're going to end on F. You're like, holy shit, you know? And then just also realizing how Tarantino can take such a cast ensemble and, and make it work. You know, Bruce Willis, John Travolta, I've heard many times, was pretty much on the outs and Tarantino brought him back dude and just that iconic scene with Uma Thurman's character as you were saying Dave and 
just that whole scene where they what is it an adrenaline pin is yeah. that way and she's just like ooh, uma thurman just so fucking good and yeah just even like the side characters and i just again funny scene when he's like talking to the guy in the back john travolta's like yeah so i was thinking and fucking sh- accidentally shoots him. <laughs> he's like oh fuck he's like dude what the fuck yeah <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> and I like how they, who, who is he? The wolf? Harvey, Harvey Keitel's character is the wolf. Yeah, he's and, like the fixer for him. Yeah, he's like, I can fix this for you. And seeing them in like their their black suits and then they have to like wear like, you know, when you go to some, you spend a night at your friend's house, you're like, oh, I have some shorts and a shirt for you to wear. And it's like totally like doesn't fit you. And like just seeing Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta sitting there and like, College shirts and like little booty shorts and <laughs> dude. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, man. Such a great movie. And as you mentioned earlier, Dave, yeah, that scene is really fucking brutal. <laughs> one of the uh, one thing I have to bring up that I always think of, too, was um, when we were in high school, when we discovered soundboards and how you could prank phone call people. And there was a Samuel L. Jackson one, man. And it had. English motherfucker, do you speak it? And we used to hit people with that one oh, all yeah. the time. Most of that, <laughs> most so of funny. the soundboard probably was Pulp Fiction. It's yeah, like, mm, this is a tasty cheeseburger. Whatever he says, <laughs> yeah. Or the guy fucking <laughs> unloads his gun, and they're like, "You're like, oh fuck, are they gonna die right away?" And they, John Travolta and Samuel Jackson, just look at each other. You're like, "You fucking just miss me? You like sprayed bullets?" <laughs> it's like, say what? Say what one more time, motherfucker? I dare you. I feel like we've all known someone too that had the Pulp Fiction movie poster in their room, right? Chris, did, did you have a Pulp Fiction movie poster? I still have it in my man cave, dude. Oh. Framed. Yeah. See, we, we all there know we Chris. All righty, fellas. Well, that was some good talk on some Tarantino movies, but let's move along. I have a two-second tunes. Lo and behold, it's a Tarantino two-second tunes. So let's roll into that. Two-second tunes. You only got a little bit of time, baby. Go two-second tunes. You only got one, two. Alrighty, friends. Yes. So to keep in the Tarantino theme, I put together a two-second tunes game for us. So these are all going to be just clips from Tarantino movies. If you guys can guess the movie and then for bonus points, guess what's happening in the scene. You'll get those extra points. This is going to be a free-for-all. I have a few for you guys. So let's get the games going. Yeah. Alrighty, fellas. Here is the first one. Pulp Fiction. Ooh, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. That is the uh, uh, Jackrabbit Slim's uh, twist contest. Yes, sir. That nice. iconic scene with Uma Thurman and John Travolta in Pulp Fiction, man. Vincent Vega. Dude, I feel yes. like I always oh, pull yeah. out the, the what does he do? Like the two, like the eye movements. Yes. I'm, at a, I'm, I'm dancing somewhere, man. That's, uh, I got to pull that one out. It's very, uh, <laughs> it's a good dancing. It is. It's nice to uh, too. I did see, uh, Steve, you were mentioning earlier how he takes um, some inspiration and i did see a video or an film. exact copy yeah. of that, huh? <laughs> it works though it works all righty so that was a b and steve got those points all righty friends let's move on to the second one can you guess this movie <laughs> 
Kill Bill. Got it. Got to be a B, man. What's happening? Oh yeah. Um, dude, something just happened, and she like saw red. Ah, oh, fuck, man. She she witnessed. She sees somebody or something. She sees somebody that sets it off, dude. You would be correct. I know they use this sound multiple times in this movie, but this particular scene is when she's fighting uh Vernita Green. Very uh, beginning, one of the first kills mm. she she has. So yeah, man. A B on this Tarantino kicks, man. Good job. That sound is so dope too. Dude, just iconic. Like not even music, just like intense noise yeah. that you know some shit's about to happen. Alrighty, A B just uh cleaning up. So Everybody's far. being nice. I know Steve and I raised our hands and there was a pause where I'm like, I'm 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 gonna shout it out. <laughs> I know. Are we just supposed to shout it out? I didn't know. I just like after the uh <laughs> I don't know how long we're supposed to wait. Yeah, I mean I just whatever it stops. I mean, you guys guess, can yeah. you guys can shout yeah. it out before too. It seems like when it stops, seems like once it stops, that's that's your opportunity. You can, right? You know. Mm -hmm. Alrighty, so good job, AB. We're gonna keep the games rolling. Let's see if you others can get on the board with this one. It's Inglorious Bastards. What was that, Steve? What'd you say? It's Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Do you know what's happening in this scene? I cannot recall. Is it when they're about to go to the movie theater, the cinema thing with uh, Hitler? It is not. <laughs> Is it like right before the bar scene? That would be a no, Dave. <laughs> Damn it. It's, um, nah. Play, play it, a little more? All right, play a little bit more for you guys. That <laughs> didn't help much, but... I know. <laughs> is it the... Is they're about it like to... When they're about Christoph to start talking. Sorry, what were you going to say, Dave? Is that when Christoph Waltz, like at the very end? No, it's is actually it when they're at the restaurant and they're talking with the, the guy, the actor up in the sniper tower. And No, it's actually the very beginning where you see uh, Christoph Waltz's regime motorcycles yeah, driving down the valley to the, uh, to the nice. farmer's house. Yeah. Damn. Okay. It's been a minute since I've seen it, honestly. I want to watch it again. All righty. So, yeah, Steve got Inglorious Bastards and of y'all got the scene so i'll take those points all righty we'll move on to this next one once put oh is it fuck Reservoir Dogs, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, I thought you wrong. had. I thought Chris had that for sure. I, 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 I tried point. I tried pointing to Chris. I was gonna say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So <laughs> I was gonna guess that too. It could have been. So no, it's, I think that song that's is like iconic from yeah. Reservoir Dogs, and that's when he's torturing him. And uh, yeah, they've they've recreated it. it a lot. I know they've. I've seen it on Family Guy and a few other things too, where they've kind of parodied that scene for being so iconic, especially because he's like torturing him to yeah that song <laughs> yeah mr blonde that uh iconic scene as you guys mentioned so i i just want to give all of you guys points because i heard all of you except for chris <laughs> <laughs> that's actually like a negative point i, I would say <laughs> didn't this guy say reservoir dogs was his favorite movie earlier <laughs> I, was, I, hate I, late, so. I thought so i said django <laughs> fuck you guys <laughs> django <laughs> Alrighty, uh, yeah, so we'll move on. I got two more for you guys. Let's see if uh, you guys can guess this one, man. I need a hundred black chocolates for Django. Yeah, that's the Rick, 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 Rick Ross. Ross one I was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, again, the thought what scene? What scene? Uh, <laughs> a little off the screen. He's riding, he's on the road. Yeah, he got that new outfit. Towards, it's when we were talking about earlier, right? When he's all like decked out in his fresh, he's like, Are you sure clothes? you're gonna want, want to wear that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's when they're they're traveling from one, um, what do you what do you call them? It's a slave plantation, plantation, plantation. Yeah, yeah, to another. So 
So, uh, alrighty, got this last one for you guys. This one might be a little challenging, but I have faith in you guys. Let me know what it is. Midnight. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Ooh, Dave. Yes. Do you know the scene, or does anyone know the scene? Sounded like it was Brad Pitt. It was not Brad Pitt. Dri- oh, okay. Driving in the car. You know what? I did have that one locked and loaded, but I decided to play another clip from that movie. So actually, no. Is it? Are, is it when they're? Are they hanging out in his house? No. <laughs> play a Flashback play, of Leo doing uh, that gig. I'll play. I know that one song. That's what I was thinking too. I'll play. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What did you say, Alex? It was like a flashback of him doing that like TV show or something where he's like dancing with the girls or something yep, yep that's is it. that it nice that is it. it's uh it, hello baloo is what it's called yeah. that, that scene yeah he's just dancing just like, not really doing anything <laughs> but, <laughs> the way he's dancing dude <laughs> collecting yeah. a paycheck yeah awesome well fellas um i think everyone got on the board except for chris um but thank you for <laughs> joining me on tarantino two second tunes you're not welcome <laughs> it's a good round really tarantino. good tunes all right, bros. That was a really nice Tarantino tunes. I'm glad I got to uh, participate in it this time. So we're going to switch up something. And uh, I think we're we're going to be calling it Six Degrees of Tarantino. Yes, sir. So I'm going to throw an actor and you guys try to connect this actor with other actors or actresses to a Tarantino movie. So the first actor said his name earlier on the pod, but Mr. Timothy Chamelet. Can you guys... <laughs> connect him to a tarantino movie and i really didn't think this one through so if it's super easy my bad or super tough and i'm i don't even think i've seen a chalamet movie um it, he was in he was in um dune y'all dune oh yeah Dune's yeah that's got josh brolin in it josh, josh brolin all right josh brolin i have not seen dune you haven't seen Dune, bro? No, but I haven't seen Dune either. <laughs> this is a competition, so um, we'll just have a little bit, maybe a couple minutes of thinking time, a minute to two minutes. How? So, okay, can we break it down one more time? Because I, I kind of forget exactly. Just how connect Chalamet just... to uh, somebody in a Tarantino movie. Yeah, so do we say turns? Are we no, no, going no, no. like. Okay. It's a competition, so like. Whoever can like, think of the connection first. Um, okay, Timothy uh, Chevrolet. Or Timothy Chalamala Lama. Let's say like a Timothy minute or Lama. something. Okay, so time starts right now. Oh, I have it. I have it already. Oh, you got Okay. Okay, what do you got? Okay, so Timothy Chalamet was in Dune with Zendaya. Zendaya was in Spider-Man Far From Home. With Samuel L. Motherfucking Jackson. Mm. Samuel L. Jackson has been in nice, nice. a load of Tarantino movies. Pretty, Man. pretty good. That was a pretty quick connection, but nice. it was your your actor. Oh, yeah. Coincidence? Ooh. <laughs> oh. Son of yeah, bitch. I mean, that sounds, that's a little... Uh... <laughs> I totally didn't have that one locked and loaded. <laughs> All righty. Uh, does someone else want to throw an actor? Oh. Try to make Dude, it hard. I could do one, too, if I was like... Uh... Timothy Chalamet to Zendaya to, oh, sorry, to um, Oscar Isaac. And then Oscar Isaac was in Star Wars with, oh, no. But he wasn't in there with Sam Jackson. Ah, never mind. (laughs) Sucks the suck. He was Snoke, guys. (laughs) All right. That was a pretty good one, man. But how about my main man? Or actually, I'm going to switch it up, guys. I'm sorry. How about... Friend of the pod and our main man, near and dear to our hearts, 
Nick Cage. And I bet I bet I you got Nick it. Cage might be, Nick Nick Cage is probably the easiest it. fuck now that I think about yeah. it. But what do you got? Dude, it's Nick Cage. Movie. Nick Cage, John Travolta, John Travolta. <laughs> okay, what, what was Vin <laughs> Diesel? Wait, scratch it. Vin Diesel. <laughs> Steve had Steve had it for Vin Diesel already, too. Did you? I got Vin Diesel, yeah. Vin Diesel was in uh, Furious Seven with Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Oh, oh time shit. In I didn't even know he was in the Hateful Eight. Yeah. Uh, Bruce. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Christmas a... cookie. You want to throw it a act? What about we throw on an actress this time, fellas? Ooh, okay. Let's, um, yeah, let's not be bigots here. Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Ooh, movies. Tough. And are we only doing movies? No TV shows? Just movies, right? Usually, yeah. Yeah, Dude, my uh, bad. I didn't know it was just movies. Aubrey no, Plaza. No. Aubrey I Plaza think was else. in um uh the the Dave and whatever. Yeah, yeah, wedding yeah, day. yeah Oh, really? Dave with um, Dave and Mike and Dave. Need, yeah, yeah need a wedding date with Zac Efron. Uh, who was the actor? Who did you throw out in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> well, who's in the who's Zac Efron? Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Because like, oh, okay. Okay, and so Zach uh, Efron was in um, Baywatch with. Uh, <laughs> who was in Baywatch? He was in Baywatch That's with. It. I do. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson was in. Fuck, he's been in a lot of movies, man. He's got to uh, be connected. The other guys with somebody. Samuel Jackson. Oh shit! Alex got it. And yep, is it the other guys? Samuel yeah. L. Jackson is the key to a lot of these. Yeah, the yeah. Tanks, you know. I was gonna say <laughs> the bushes because Aubrey wasn't Plaza... even an awning in that direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was in also in uh, Ingrid Goes West with Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth what Olsen, Marvel. Oh. <laughs> the fuck is that? <laughs> Ingrid, Ingrid Goes, goes West. West. I don't know. Yeah, you just threw that one out there and brushed it off like none of us. Like we all have seen Ingrid Goes show. West, guys. <laughs> You, yeah, we all know it, right? Oh, you guys all watch Hulu featured premiere movies? <laughs> Not a single one, brother. Damn, I guess Samuel Jackson is hard because that motherfucker's been in a lot Here, of you movies. You want one then? With a lot of people. How about Daniel Day Lewis? Oh, good. Oh, Daniel Day Lewis was in Le- New York. Leonardo DiCaprio. God damn it. <laughs> I guess Great it is. movie. Guess what? Yeah, this one. <laughs> we should connect it to like one Tarantino movie. Michael, yeah. Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah was in uh, Super Bad with Jonah Hill. Jonah Jonah Hill was in Wall Street with Leo DiCaprio. Jonah Hill was also in Django Unchained as well. (laughs) That's a good one, though, dude. Um, Um, What about Rick Moranis? Rick Moranis was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. No, I just like... I don't remember. Uh, I don't know who was in that. Well, Ghostbusters, maybe. All right. Uh, oh, oh. You know, Rick Moranis was in Ghostbusters with Bill Murray. Bill Murray was in uh, The Greatest Beer Run Ever with Zach Efron. Zach Efron was in Baywatch with The Rock, The Rock. <laughs> and then continue oh, from your, pass, your password. Yeah. <laughs> I want to find like a hard one, y'all. Damn. I feel like we got to think of like a random, like super fucking random actor. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell was in Flintstones with Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. <laughs> oh, fuck. Damn it, you're right. <laughs> Just do that whole thing Crazy. over again. <laughs> what about Polly Shore? Ooh, okay. Polly Shore was in In the Army Now with Andy Dick. <laughs> and Andy Dick. Andy Dick was in Old School with. Uh, oh, he Luke was, dude. Wilson. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Polly Luke Shaw. Wilson was in Ten and Bombs with Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray yeah, was in. Fucking... I got it too. 
Polly Shore was in Encino Man with Sean Astin. Sean Astin was in uh, The Goonies with Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin was Thanos in Avengers. Nick Fury. There we go. Damn. Good. I was going in. Uh, it's a longer one, but Polly Shore was in In the Army Now with Andy Dick. Andy Dick was in uh, Dude, Where's My Car with Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott was in The Rundown with The Rock. Back to The Rock. Oh man, oh, that was good, too, dude. It's too easy, man. I, Sam I think Jackson in the rock. We have, we'd like... have to go to like one movie, you know, because usually we connected to one person, but now we're connecting it to nine <laughs> feature films. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, that was that was really fun, man. Hopefully, oh, yeah. listeners enjoy that. But uh, some great Tarantino talk, my friends. But on that note, another great pod. Till next time, later days. Bye. See you next time. See you later. Peace out, motherfucker.